You're listening to Skills World Live with Tom Buick. News, views, and interviews in association with FE News. Gillian Keegan, thanks again for joining with our listeners on Skills World Live. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. We're focusing on the uh, adult skills agenda on the show tonight, uh, but can I ask you about uh, a couple of things that have made the headlines recently in your area? Last week, a press release went out from your department suggesting that FE and colleges would benefit from a share of a £1 billion catch-up and tutoring scheme, only to discover a couple of hours later that they were being excluded from this vital financial support. What happened? Well, I mean, obviously, everything's happening in super quick time. But, uh, you know, I think it's clear that the initial focus um, was really on, on, on the schools. And that's because, you know, we've had much more challenge, obviously, with schools uh, in terms of online learning and you know, the pitches a bit more mixed. Whereas, you know, in the FE sector, for sure, they've done a, an amazing job of uh, still trying to deliver as much learning as possible online um, and probably at the standout sector with that regard. So I think, you know, there was a bit of uh, discussions and confusion, but the initial focus was on schools. But we do recognise very much so that there is a need for the sector. In particular, uh, colleges have been uh, right to highlight to me the concern they have for the cohort that are going to join um, in September, um, particularly those that, you know, have missed out on their last six months of uh, school and in particular you know uh, those those ones that have uh, you know just completed their GCSEs we know we have a challenge with every new cohort uh, with English and maths um, yeah. uh, to, with, for some for some for some young people and that uh, is, is is not that we're going to have got better it's actually probably um, amplified that challenge so we are still focused on uh, we understand and recognize that need and we are still focused on trying to uh, come up with something for the sector when you say come up with something for the sector, because I think as you say, Minister, I mean, it's nothing new about confusion between government departments, but I suppose you know, the way obviously that news came out and then was changed, it kind of gives the impression that FE, uh, you know, already feeling a bit bruised that it's the, you know, the neglected middle child in the uh, education system squeezed between schools and universities, that sort of sense that once again, they've kind of fallen on the wrong side of the justice scales. But I hear from what you're saying that actually it's all about what could happen in the future as well with things like the spending review with the treasury yeah and, and you know i think i think that sentiment of of fe not being uh, enough of a focus in the past has actually been right but you know that has been addressed and it's certainly a big focus now it was of the conservative manifesto and it is um of of the of the you know the focus in government and across government departments you know so we have um you know record investment actually in the sector with uh, an increase which is bigger than schools actually got uh, for this year um but as you say after a long time where it wasn't invested in but we've now got capital spend programs we've obviously got t levels we've got institutes of technology uh we know obviously the base rate uh is, is improved and then we've got the national skills fund um um you know billions of pounds uh, three billion pounds which has been uh announced as well so we are um we are actually receiving a lot more investment than we've had and that's that's good to see okay can I ask you about the Social Mobility Commission report on apprenticeships? It was published earlier this week. Uh, the non-departmental public body, the Social Mobility Commission, found that starts in apprenticeships for those from a disadvantaged background have declined by 36% since the reforms kicked in compared to a 
23% decline in starts overall. I mean, do you agree with the Commission's main recommendations that these declines should be reversed and that more of a focus on getting disadvantaged people into apprenticeships should now take place? Um, apprenticeships are social mobility driver and I completely agree um, you know indeed it's my own story um, that it, it changed my life my apprenticeship um, that I started at 16 um, so I 100% uh, see the power of them uh, and it's always been a great way where for, for people to get on where you've had uh, barriers to overcome that a lot of other people don't have um, so I think it's always been uh, you know really good at doing that now, I think there's two things, though. One is there is no point in doing a low quality apprenticeship. Um, that doesn't give you any. It, it, might, it might make people feel happy with looking at a number, but it doesn't give you the experience you yeah. need to have valuable, transferable skills that the employer values. So, you know, clearly what we have done um, has made sure that anybody who's doing an apprenticeship, it's a high quality experience. And that was important for the employers because the mm. brand image, the, the, the employers thought there were some examples where actually there it wasn't a quality apprenticeship at all now if that report therefore tells you that people uh, you know who are more disadvantaged were being um given the opportunity to do low quality courses more than uh, others then that that doesn't uh, you know that doesn't fill me with any uh, hope either you know that's not what i want to be happening it has to be a good quality experience. sure you know and i've heard so many young people who said to me you know that i, I did i did um uh, you know a low level apprenticeship it was admin and actually all i did was learn how to fill in one form it was rubbish you know so we really have to make sure that that is not the apprenticeship experience yeah. uh, they need to get a good quality experience and i'll continue focusing on that that's the reason i'm in politics i'll continue to focus on that until uh, everybody's had the opportunity to do yeah. a high quality apprenticeship i think that's a really strong point i mean I, do you not feel actually that sometimes as a sector and indeed more broadly we're just trying to put too much on the apprenticeship brand as being somehow the absolute catch-all sort of universal uh, answer to all the kind of ills that potentially we've got around youth labor market participation and of course the challenges now with the coronavirus i mean that from your uh, vantage point in the department it must feel a bit like that well i mean what's great about apprenticeships and particularly the the, the focus that we've had in in in, in the more recent years has been it, it actually is a very close collaboration between uh, a large number of employers and the Department for Education. And that, um, you know, that that's a very helpful approach, I think. So you know, it's a very fast moving environment. We've just gone through, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a, a coronavirus and the impact we have seen it have almost overnight on some sectors that will not recover to the same degree. It's basically accelerated a decline and, and, and a shift. And things like that can happen in the, you know, particularly in the digital world very, very, very quickly. So we have to People have to be learning the latest skills and a good way of doing that is that collaboration between the business, the job and the uh, the study. Let's turn now to adult skills. Um, I mean, it's no secret in the sector that the adult education budget did take a bit of a, a bashing during the austerity uh, years. I mean, something like 40% was chopped off that budget. Um, I mean, this has included over 4 million less adults in learning over the past decade um, in things like uh, community education centres. What will you be doing to increase adult and community learning opportunities then as we try to recover from this pandemic? 
I think we've um, so there's a couple of things. The first is is we've kind of um, had a more a more focused approach. So really, it's been very much focused on uh, level two English and maths. Yeah. And we've added digital skills that's going to be available now as of August. Um, and we've also added the functional skills, so functional elements of English and maths to, you know, to help in terms of context to 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 improve the offer for, for, for adults in particular. So I think that's where we've actually been focused. And, you know, I'm, I'm very and we've also obviously provided the future digital inclusion, which don't link to a qualification, but really do remove the, the, the barriers. For people, we've had 1.4 million people uh, who, who've been able to participate in that. So I think we've just been much more focused. And once you get these basic skills, you can open up a lot more opportunity. And that's where the focus has been. But again, you know, we've also had things like the skills toolkit that's uh, available online. That's got a number of uh, introduction up to advanced courses that are freely available. And I think the opportunity to change and shift how we deliver things, if people are uh, comfortable digitally is is so much greater. It's really um, it's really a game changer. Of course, the National Skills Fund will be uh, consulting on that uh, when everybody's uh, back and working and ready to engage to to figure out how we're going to focus uh, that money. So, you know, we spend one point three four billion pounds, and and you know we've got a, a huge investment going forward in the National Skills Fund. So I think it's an opportunity for us to shape it. But it's always incredibly difficult to. Um, to know what works and what gives a yeah. real return to the individual. And that's what we've got to get better as a sector and really, really making the choices uh, of the things that turn the dial most for yeah. learners. And on that point about individuals, I mean, again, you'll know this, uh, over £20 billion actually is spent on uh, all forms of um, post-compulsory education and training, which obviously includes uh, the lion's share there, which goes to universities. I mean, is this... Is this an opportunity post the crisis, but also with the expected white paper in the autumn to think about uh, a policy framework where actually we could empower adults of all ages with, for example, the resources, skills accounts, you know, the kind of ideas that have been knocking around for a while um, in terms of really kind of empowering a proper lifelong learning strategy in this country? Well, I think certainly we want to empower lifelong learning and we recognise, you know, working with my colleagues across government as well in, in uh, Bayes and, and, and the DWP, you know, there are there are going to be shifts. We do have future skills. We've been talking yeah. this week about, uh, you know, the, the move in energy from, you know, the kind of oil and gas sector to renewables and what skills that, you know, how we upskill people to be able to build on the skills they've got but just you know make them make them relevant for a new environment so very much we're focused on solving those problems and helping solve those problems uh, how exactly it's going to look obviously that will be a matter that will come up in the consultation um, and I, I'm, I'm just really interested in what works and I look at it very much from the perspective of the learner and yeah. the employer okay Appreciate we could spend a lot of time actually talking about what the government should be doing. But as you know, adult education is a shared challenge between the employer, the individual and the state. Uh, but the fact is that British firms invest now about five times less in their employees uh, training than German firms do. How as a country do you think can we get more employers to actually invest in workforce skills and training in the future, given that two thirds of today's adults in the workforce will still be there in the years 2030? I think I think what employers need is confidence of what to invest in. Um, and what we do know, and this is another subject of, 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 of uh, consultation, we've got 
I think it's something like 12,000 qualifications at level three and another, I think, 4,000 or so at level four. It's just too crowded. And, you know, what we do is we make it very difficult for people to um, really um, focus and be confident that if they do X qualification, it will lead them to, um, you know, a, a good career. That we need to make sure is is much more clearly understood. And you're right, the German system that's that's much better developed, and that um, you know way of working, that that partnership with employers is 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 has got probably a longer history. I think I feel very confident though. If you look at the work that's been done with T levels, if you look at the collaboration and the improvements in quality of apprenticeships, and all that work that's and now we've got the skills and productivity boards as well coming on stream. So I feel do feel very confident that we've got all the solid foundations to really build that. And businesses will invest. You know, I I, I said to many people in the DFE, you know, I take my own journey. You know, the DFE gave me um, a nosy comprehensive school in, in experience mm. and everything else I've done ever since mm. has been a business who've invested in me, including, um, you know, executive education, including uh, Master yeah. of Science, you know, all of those things. Businesses will invest if they're confident that they're going to get something back from it. And what we've done is made it difficult for them. So we need to make it easy for them. OK, fine. finally, can I just ask you when uh, adult education centres uh, will be allowed to reopen i mean there are many people who've already been made unemployed unfortunately but they could obviously be benefiting from those adult education centers if they could reopen yes and you know there's very much a call from the sector it's funny you know some sectors are reluctant to go back adult education is uh, (laughs) is part way to go back and it's uh, pushing you know can we go back we know how we're going to do this um and so we're very very conscious of that i mean clearly they've also done a brilliant job of moving online in fact i went for a a virtual visit to uh, city lit uh, early on and you know it's amazing actually what they can do uh, online even with courses that you would have thought would have been very challenging to deliver online but um you know, necessity is the mother of all invention, as, as they say, and, and they certainly have been inventive. Um, so I think, you know, we're very conscious of that. The challenge, and I'll be very honest, the challenge is is really about the, the public transport systems. Right. And, you know, if effectively, um, you know, obviously we're trying to get people to go back to work, that absolutely need to get back into the workplace. We're trying to get people, young people back to school and colleges back and all of that. And the challenge is just really... The, the bottleneck is around a lot of the bottlenecks are around public transport. So that's really so some, sometimes the policies, you know, looking from it, you might think, well, if I can go here, why can't I go there? Uh, the problem okay. is just how everybody gets there. So that's um, that's kind of what the, the government's uh, wrestling with. And of course, they'll follow the medical evidence and science and they're keeping under review all kinds of things like. Uh, you know, to, to 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 make things easier. And you know, I hope to, I hope we can get you know more flexibilities for more people to go back. Um, you know, in 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 the near future. Uh, right now, there's flexibility for for those up to the age of uh, of you know 19 to to, to be able to, uh, to to be able to get some access to face to face. But clearly, uh, everybody, as you say, is very keen to uh, to get back online but things like the skills toolkit um you know have been an amazing success and i think it is because a lot of people are at home and they're thirst for knowledge and learning they're understanding that they're going to need to you know have the skills to offer to the workplace is still there so as soon as we possibly can um we will we will get the sector back and and as i say it's a very different problem some of my colleagues are wrestling with um which is actually that they can't wait to go back Thanks for joining this uh, online community radio station, which came about as a result of the crisis. Gillian Keegan, Minister for Apprenticeships and Skills in England, thanks again for sharing your time with us today.
Thanks very much. Thank you. Subscribe to Skills World Live at fenews.co.uk forward slash skillsworld.